If you are not connected in a group, haven't joined a group, it's not too late. Get in a group this week. Uh, we believe it'll be a blessing to you. We need each other. We need community together and to do life together. And so make sure that you do that. You can go to yourimpactchurch.com slash igroups and get the online directory there so that you can sign up for the group that you want to be a part of this summer. We're excited. Uh, our groups will end this year. We're doing a six-week semester that will end on Serve Day 2019. And for those of you that don't know what Serve Day is, uh, every every month we have opportunities where we serve in our community. But once a year, uh, we set aside a Saturday for about five hours. It'll be from 8 to 1. And we gather here in the parking lot. Uh, we all wear Serve Day t-shirts. And we go all over our city, different projects that, that you can be a part of. And what I want to let you know is that you can go online and begin signing up today for the team that you want to be on for Serve Day. And so there are already about eight different projects that we're going to be doing uh, throughout the city, and there's probably going to be a, a, at least one or two more that are added to that. And so those are kind of on a uh, first-come, first-served basis. So there is a certain number of people that we need on each project for that day. And so you can go online. Just go to yourimpactchurch.com serve yourimpactchurch.com slash serve, and you can see uh, just a brief description of what each team will be doing on that day, and we encourage you get on a team. Last year, we had almost 60 people show up to serve on that one day, and we did, I believe, six six projects. This year, we're, we're shooting for around 10 projects and uh, more people than last year. The church has grown, and we believe in making an impact in our community and in our city, and so join us. That's July the 13th. Uh, that's a Saturday beginning at 8 o'clock, and you'll be hearing about that probably every week from now until it happens, so uh, we'll keep reminding you. Next weekend, we're going to celebrate Father's Day. I know we're excited about that. I'm excited about that. Uh, I love celebrating uh, my dad, and I know uh, Father's Day is just uh, Father's Day and Mother's Day are a big deal. We should really celebrate each other all year long. Uh, but on these two specific days, we set aside a Sunday where it's it's really all about dads or all about moms. And so we're excited about Father's Day next Sunday uh, here at Impact. And then the last thing I want to remind you of before we get into the message today is uh, next Thursday, June, next Friday, sorry, June the 21st is our Ladies Impact Ladies Swim Party. And so we want you to put that on your calendar. It'll be that evening on June the 21st. So that is just a little less than two weeks away. So write that down. Put it in your calendar, uh, however you do that, so that you can be there for that. And then we'll remind you about that again uh, next week as well. And last weekend, we began Summer at Impact, which... Uh, it's something we do for June, July, and August. It's the summer months, school's out, people are traveling, vacationing, and I had mentioned to you kind of the direction that we were going. We're currently in a series called Staycation, and then after we get out of that, we're going to be doing a series specifically on our vision as a church and going more in-depth into that, and so you'll definitely want to be here for that because it's going to be really good. Uh, really good for about four weeks there. And then we're going to end the summer with a thing that we started last year that we're going to do annually, a uh, series that we call At the Movies. Come on, anybody excited about At the Movies? Where we watch uh, for about five weeks to end the summer, we're going to be watching uh, clips uh, as a part of the message, clips of popular movies that you've probably seen. And we're going to pull some truth and pull some application out of those movies and how we can apply those to our lives. And so it's a lot of fun. Uh, we enjoy it. We hope that you enjoy it. And we're looking forward to that. So that's kind of our summer schedule. 
if you will, for Summer at Impact. And I want to catch us all up to speed. Maybe you didn't get a chance to. I encourage you to go back and listen to the podcast or go online, our website, and watch the message or listen to the message from last week. But just to give you just this real brief uh, overview of what we talked about last week as we kicked this series off, uh, the message was titled, This is Real Life. And I believe we had this on the screen that we could kind of sum up the whole message in this one statement that your real life, your life isn't being interrupted by people. The interruptions are opportunities for your real life. So your real life, what a lot of times we say is our real life that is being interrupted and we don't like interruptions. The people are not actually an interruption. A lot of times they're an opportunity for what God wants to do in your life, the real life that God actually has for you that we miss a lot of times because we view interruptions in the wrong way. And so I encourage you, go back and listen to that message. I think it'll help you. And today, as we're continuing this series, I want to I wanna preach a message that I'm calling Channel Your Inner Child. Channel Your Inner Child. Come on, somebody say, Channel Your Inner Child. Come on, look at your neighbor, look at the person next to you, tell them, say, channel your inner child. We got to channel our inner child. Now, is it okay? I want to I wanna just kind of share, uh, be a little vulnerable with you today as we jump into God's Word. Is that okay? And I think that, I think that you'll be able to relate to uh, some of the things that I was thinking about as I was preparing this message and how it applies to our lives. I was, I was thinking, you know, just this last week about all the times that... Um, our kids, my wife and I, uh, she's down here on the front row, and we have four kids. They are, well, it's crazy. They're, one of them had a birthday, and one of them's having a birthday tomorrow. But they're 10, 8, 5, and 1 are our four kids. And uh, I was thinking this last week about all of the times that our kids have overheard something. Come on, your kids ever, have your kids ever overheard something that you said, and then they repeated it at the exact inappropriate time? Uh, hopefully we're not the only ones in the room today that you have been having a conversation and we will catch our kids and one of our kids will insert into the conversation and our response is, why are you listening to our conversation? Come on, how many of you know that your kids are listening even when you think they're playing the Xbox? They're actually listening to what you're saying. Even when you think they're watching the movie in the car on the way to grandma's house, they're actually listening to what you're saying. And And then those instances where it's like been the wrong moment or just an inappropriate moment, or, or you're out to dinner and your kids will say, and you're like, really? <laughs> like right now you had to bring that up, you know? I was thinking about those moments. I was also thinking about times when, when our kids have whined in the store. Come on, anybody's kids ever whined in the store? Come on, I know y'all aren't more holy than that. You got <laughs> Your kids are whining in the store, or... Uh, or they're throwing a fit because they didn't get the, what they want. You know, you, you're in Walmart and you're walking down the aisle and, and, and you've done good a lot of times until you get to checkout. Come on, how many of you know there's a reason why the candy is at like a seven-year-old's eye level in the checkout line where you're going to have to wait in line for 15 minutes while your kid picks up the Hershey bar and says, can we get this? No. Can we get this? No. Can we get this? No. What about that? No. Like quit asking for all of the stuff. And then how many of you are like, you're like me sometimes, and finally, you know, there comes a point sometimes where you're just like, okay. It's like $1.44. You can have the candy bar, right? Uh, I was thinking about those moments. I, I was also thinking about um, all the times that, that 
for me personally, when I've been too busy, even sometimes, anybody ever been too busy? Anybody ever been too busy mentally? You've been busy mentally, but you're not getting a thing done, right? You just, <laughs> it's like, what how, have you been? I'm just busy. I'm like, you look around. <laughs> it doesn't look like you've been busy. Well, I've been thinking about how busy I need to be. I've been thinking about everything that stresses me out. I've been thinking about everything that makes me anxious. And I was thinking about all the times that I've been actually physically too busy or just too busy in my head to, to spend time with my family. Or when I'm at home, I'm not really at home. Come on, anybody ever had, had that happen to you when you're at home but you're not really present mentally at home because there's so much going on in your head and and so much that you know needs to be done, and you're already thinking about everything that's going that you've got to do tomorrow, you know, and you're trying to relax, and, and you can't even relax. I was thinking about that, or, or, or just the times that, uh, that I've, I've regretted, and maybe you have too, the way that you responded to somebody, maybe the way that you responded to your kids when they asked a question, or the way that you responded to your spouse whenever they, they said something to you, or the way that you responded to the person that cut you off in traffic. Come on, can I get a better amen, somebody? To the person that pulled out in front of you when there was nobody behind you. Come on, you know what, what I'm talking about. You're driving down the road, somebody pulls out, and you look in your rearview mirror, and you're like, there wasn't anybody behind me. You could have waited three more seconds until I dri- drove by and then pulled out. You know, the way that you respond in tense situations. So I was thinking about, I was thinking about some of that, and and, and sometimes, and maybe you can relate to this too, sometimes I even struggle to believe that, and I, this may be a shocker to you uh, because you're, you're like, well, you're the guy standing on the stage. But sometimes it's even a struggle for me to believe that God's really working everything together for my good. And that when something hard happens, it's like, God, how can you really use that? What are you going to do in that? And then you start to doubt that God cares about you and you start to doubt that, that everything is really working. Like, God, are you really working? I've heard it said, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, you even say it out loud when you don't even really believe it because you're trying to speak it into existence. You're trying to convince yourself that, okay, God is working all of this out. God is working all of this out. God is working all of this out. But sometimes we struggle in our heart. We struggle in our minds to actually believe it. We struggle to actually believe it. And um, I don't know if anybody else is willing to admit that this morning, but uh, I think these are some things that, that we struggle with, and I want to talk about it, and I want to kind of make a shift now um, as we kind of talk about what we can do and w- what I believe God has for our lives. And as we dive into this message, I want to read a few verses, and I believe we can learn from Jesus' example and something that, that he said. This is in Mark chapter 10, and I love, I love Mark. I don't know, uh, hopefully you read your Bible. You need to read your Bible. Your Bible is, it will be super helpful to you if you'll read it. But I love, I love Mark because Mark just gets to the point. Like you read, you read some of the, like you read some of Matthew, and it's kind of like detailed, you know, and all that stuff. And, 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 and you get to Mark, and it's like Mark is just like, whoo, you know, Jesus did this, and now Jesus was here, and he did this, and now Jesus healed somebody else. And, you know, you just kind of go through the thing. And so this is from Mark chapter 10, and I want to read verses 13 through 16. This is what he says. It says, people were bringing little children to Jesus. They wanted him to put his hands on each child's head. The disciples told the people that they should not do that. So let me just set the scene for you. Jesus and the disciples, it appears they're walking along or they're having a conversation. They're sitting on the side of the road. Maybe they're, you know, at a well and they're getting a drink and, and, and these people start showing up with their kids. 
And they're like, oh, there he is. You know, we finally found him. And they're like, you know, sending their kids up there, you know, because they want Jesus to, to pray over them or they want Jesus to, to touch them. They want Jesus to, to do something for them. They're like, man, if you can just get around, come on. They're like, if you can just get around, if we can just get our kids around Jesus, then I think something will happen because I've kind of been seeing what this guy's doing and I just want my kids to be around Jesus. Come on, is that anybody's prayer today? As, as we parent, we have you know one of the greatest responsibilities on planet Earth to really do this, to get our kids around Jesus, to lead our kids to Jesus, to show our kids by example what it means to live for Jesus and to love Jesus. But the disciples, you know, that all the kids start showing up and the disciples are like, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Do you know who this is? Like, this is Jesus. Why are you bring? come on, get your, you didn't see the caution tape around where we're sitting? You know, we're, this is our break time. We're on lunch right now. And you're going to bring your kid. you know, kids are just running underneath, just, just, you know, just moving the rope, trying to get to Jesus. The parents aren't doing anything about it, and the disciples are like, what's going on? Why are you letting your kid, like, you're just going to let your kid run up to Jesus? This is Jesus. Have a little more respect. This is Jesus. And the disciples are, are, are really condemning and rebuking the people and the kids that the, the parents were bringing to Jesus. And then it goes on, and, and I love what Jesus does, but when Jesus saw this, he was angry. He said to them, do not stop the children. Let them come to me. People must become like these children so that God can rule their lives. That is what the kingdom of God is like. What I say is true. In other words, Jesus is saying, listen to this, because this is the truth. This, it, there's something to this. What I say is true. A person must become like a little child for God to rule in his life. If he does not become like a child, he will not come into the kingdom of God. Then Jesus hugged the children. He put his hands on each of them, and he prayed that God would help them. He prayed that God would help them. People are bringing their kids, trying to get their kids around Jesus. The disciples don't really understand it. They don't really know. You know, maybe they're just trying to be Jesus's, you know, they're trying to be good bodyguards for Jesus. And the kids start showing up and they're like, oh, you know, maybe they get around Jesus, you know, Jesus in the center and they're all just kind of surrounded. They're like, hang on now. We need to have a meeting with all the parents and we need to teach you how your kids are supposed to approach Jesus how they're supposed to respect Jesus. You know, this is G- they can't just be coming up and touching Jesus, all this stuff. And then, and then Jesus looks at him and he gets angry about it. I don't know if you know that, but you can actually get angry and not sin. Anger is not a sin, but what you do a lot of times when you get angry is the sin. Jesus gets angry at the decision and the choice that they're making in that moment. And he looks at him and he says, don't stop them from coming to me. Don't stop them from from." getting around, don't stop them from getting in my lap, don't stop them from doing all this stuff, and I think there are, there are three things that I want to give you that, that, that I think we need to learn from what we just read, and these are going to kind of build off of each other, uh, but I want to, what I want to do is I want to pray, because I want God to communicate this to you through me, uh, the way that, that he desires to, and and I want to prerequisite everything that we're about to say with this. This is a big deal. This is a very big deal. Uh, it's a very big deal. So I want to pray, and then I'm going to give you three. I'm going to give you three things that I believe are going to help you. Three things that maybe, maybe you're, maybe you know these things, 
Maybe you've got these things figured out, or maybe you're here today and you're going to be like, wow, I need to work on every single one of those things. I don't know where you are, but, but let's pray, and then I'll give you these points. God, we thank you today for your word. Thank you for, uh, for what you've given me to share. God, I pray that you would speak through me, that these would not be my words, but they would be your words, that you would, that you would touch hearts and that you would speak to our hearts today, and that our ears and our, our minds and our hearts would be open to receive your word for us today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. So three things that we can learn from what we just read. Here's number one. It starts at home. Number one, it starts at home. And I want you to take a look at the screen and watch this clip for a minute before we talk about this. Scandals happen all the time. The question is how do democracies respond to those scandals? Uh, and what will it mean for... Uh... For the wider region, I think one of your children has just walked in. I mean, shift, shifting, shifting sands in the region, do you think relations with the North may change? Um, I would be surprised if they do. The, um, pardon me. Pardon me. My apologies. What is this going to be for the region? My apologies. North, uh, Sorry. Um, North Korea, North uh, South Korea's policy choices on North Korea have been severely limited in the last. Come on, how many of you can relate? You feel like that's my life right there. <laughs> this was an actual, an actual live TV on TV when it happened instance. <laughs> they are interviewing. They are interviewing this guy, asking about, I believe, South Korea. And while he's trying to talk about South Korea, his kids just come busting up in the room. And I, <laughs> I found this video and I thought, wow, how appropriate is it for that? And I want to explain to you why and kind of give you some background because I read, you know, what there was an interview after this where they interviewed him and they interviewed the family and kind of got some details as to what happened. And, and basically, after a long day, this guy had been working and he's at home in his home office and he's about to do this interview that he knows is coming, that's scheduled, and he forgets to lock the door. So normally, normally he locks the door and his wife, you know, keeps the kids in the other room and they can't get in there, there's no way. Well, it's been a long day, there's been a lot going on, and he forgot to lock the door before the interview. <laughs> and, and this interview, as you can imagine, on YouTube went viral. Uh, millions of views after, <laughs> after this happened. But there was something that, that happened after this when uh, they interviewed him and the wife and they had the two kids there and they did an interview later after this video went viral because everybody just loved it so much and what had happened and honestly what he thought what he says he thought was going to end his career uh ended up becoming something that people laughed about and and really wasn't that big of a deal uh, but there was an interview where the family was interviewed and the dad said something that stuck out to me he said this uh, they asked him, you know, why did this happen, what happened, and he was explaining it all. And he said, my kids came in because they're comfortable coming into dad's home office because they know they always can. <laughs> and I thought, oh. The reason this, you know, we see it on live TV or we watch it on YouTube and we're laughing about it. But when he was interviewed and actually told the story behind it, he said, the reason I forgot to lock the door but my kids know that they can always come in when I'm working at home, when I'm, when I'm in my home office. My kids know they always have access to me. If they ever need anything, if they ever want anything, if they ever have a question, they can come in and I'm going to make time for them. And so that's why it happened. They came in there because they were used to coming in there. 
really, you know, he said that it was my fault because I forgot to lock the door knowing that I had this interview that was going on. And we even see in the, I don't know if you caught it, but there's even this smirk on his face, uh, almost like, you know, he's apologizing and like my apologies and this, and he's kind of just like, what do you do, (laughs) right? What do you do other than, you know, other than just smile about it and kind of laugh it off and and try to move on? You know, he did a better job than me trying to move on after that happened. But I want to ask you this question before we move on to point number two. Is, is what is your family dynamic like at home? And I know that we're from all different, all, man, all different backgrounds when it comes to home. We were all raised differently. We were all taught differently. Some of us have kids. Some of us don't have kids. Some of us, our kids are grown. Some of us are, but what is, even with your spouse, with your kids, when, when, when people come over, when, Really, when you're behind closed doors and it's just you and the people that know you the best, what is the dynamic like in your home? Because it all starts at home. It's, it's one thing for us to show up at church and put on a face that everything is great and that we're all just this big, happy family and pretend like the kids weren't yelling at each other before we drove here. Or we couldn't find, you know, we couldn't find so-and-so's shoes, and so we're running a little bit late. Or, oh my gosh, you know, we were about to head out the door, and one of our kids just threw up everywhere, you know. Or it, it's, easy to, it's easy to come in and try to just pretend. Anybody ever, anybody ever came to church or, or, or gone to work or, or been around people, and you just pretended? <laughs> they ask, like, How, how's your day been? You're like, oh, good. It's been great. It's been wonderful. I'm just blessed, you know. Just God just blessed me so much. And we understand that in our heads, but a lot of times we're not living that out, right? Nobody, you don't, most people you don't walk up to them and be like, you know, how was your day? And they're like, well, let me tell you. You know, I got home today and the kids were running around naked. And I didn't really understand what was going on and. And we ended up ordering pizza because dinner got burned because, you know, so-and-so was in the bath and we had to go take care of this. And then the other two were outside and they were playing and somebody was screaming and crying. And, and we thought they were about to die because they're out there doing that. And so we're running outside. You know, there's a lot of stuff that goes on. But the reason it's important for you to get this first point is because you've got to understand that everything starts at home. Leadership starts at home. Parenting starts at home. Living for God starts at home. It's, it's, it's one thing to pretend in front of everybody. Come on, we're good at this. I'm good at this. It's one thing to pretend like everything's all put together. It's another thing to actually live it out at home. And it all starts at home. So what is more important? What would you say, and don't answer out loud, but just think about this in your mind. What would you say is more important? Not what you want to be more important, but if you were to look at your life right now, what would you say is more important? Is work or your spouse more important? Is work or your marriage more important? And a lot of us would say, we know what the right answer is. But does your life at home reflect it? We know what to say when somebody asks us that question. I know what the right response is to get a smile. 
I know how to make you feel good. But is work or your spouse or your marriage, which one's really more important? Is, is projects or time with your kids more important? Is trying to get something done more important than your kids who are only going to be this age for so long? What, and once again, we know what the right answer is. But what is your real answer? And here's the good news today. You don't have to feel condemned or you don't have to feel guilty. You just have to make a switch. You just have to repent. I don't know if you know what the word, you know, we've, sometimes I think the church has given the word repent a, a bad rap. <laughs> you know what the word repent means? It means to turn the other way. <laughs> So some of us just need to say, you know what, this, I know what the right answer is, but this really hasn't been a priority in my life. And so what I need to do today is I need to repent. I just need to turn and start going this way. I just need to turn. Come on, do we need to stand up and practice? I just need to turn. You don't even have to, you only got to lift one foot off the ground to turn around. I just need to turn and start going this way. Just turn and start going the opposite direction. It's that easy. But it all starts at home. And we all know, especially with our with our kids, kids can be unpredictable. But I think there's a lot of value and joy that they bring to our lives also. I think I think sometimes sometimes your spouse can be unpredictable. Some of you some of y'all like, Amen, preach it. Come on. Let's stay right there for five minutes. Sometimes your spouse can be unpredictable. But there's a lot of joy and a lot of value that they bring to your life. <laughs> and I was thinking this last week about some of the things my wife, for my birthday this last year, she uh, put together this, this uh, oh, it's like cards, but it's on a flip thing. I don't even know what you'd call it. But it has a name. But basically you flip it over and there's another card, another card, another card. You know what I'm talking about. And she had written, yes, thank you. Who said that? Rolodex. All right, so. So you flip it over, and there's another thing, and she wrote down all these things. She would, like, ask our kids, you know, like, what do you love about Daddy? And they would say something, and she would write it down, you know. And she did this with other people, too. But I was, I was thinking back about some of the things that my kids were saying, and I thought, you know what? Sometimes my kids are unpredictable. <laughs> and there's truth in that. But there's a lot of, if I go back and I think about some of the stuff that I don't even realize that they are seeing, but they're seeing it. And then they say something to her about it or, or, or they write it down, you know, on a card whenever they're making a card for me or something like that. And then I think, wow, they bring a lot of value and a lot of joy into my life. Sometimes, I know this is going to shock you. This is just, you know, just whew, spill the beans. Sometimes, we argue. <laughs> we have disagreements. Some of you are like, oh, my gosh, the pastor. <sighs> yes, we have disagreements. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of value that she brings to my life. There's a lot of joy that she brings to my life. Even through all the mess, even through all a disagreement, even through an argument, even through a, <laughs> some of y'all know, know this really well, even the going to bed at night and you're just turned opposite directions because you just hadn't worked anything out and you're just going to wait till the next day. There's still value and joy that is brought into my life by kids, by spouse, by the people that God puts in your life on a daily basis. So number one, it starts at home. Here's number two. 
Kids ministry matters. Kids ministry matters. Um, whenever we 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 whenever we started this church little over two and a half years ago now, I guess. The vision was always to put just as much emphasis on what's going on in kids' ministry as what's going on in adult ministry. This is why, this is why you, you hear people like me or somebody else or you see a video that is, is encouraging you to get involved in kids' ministry. The reason why is because it takes people to operate and to pour into those kids because it's not, it's not child care. It's, it's teaching them the word of God. It's them memorizing scripture. It's them figuring out how that story in the Bible, come on, we can all, a lot of us, we can start quoting stories in the Bible, but do you know how it applies to you? That's what they're learning. It's how the story of David and Goliath that we're all so familiar with actually applies to their life and what it means for them as a seven-year-old, as a three-year-old, as a 12-year-old. What does that mean for me when I go to school? What does that mean for me when, when I come from a broken home? What does that mean for me when I'm not even living with my parents anymore? What does that mean? They're learning how they can apply that to their life, and, it, and it's, it's an opportunity. And we always say it this way, and I think sometimes you just get used to hearing it, you know, like I do. You get used to hearing things, but it's an opportunity to serve in kids' ministry. And the reason we talk about it so much is because it matters. It matters. I would even say this, most of the time statistics will tell us that if you can, if, 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 if God can get a hold of a child's heart before they turn 18, then most of the time they'll live for Jesus. How many of you in the room today are over 18? You know what this means? It means that every person sitting in the room that just raised their hand that is over 18, you are set in your ways. It means that somebody tries you to get to, to get you to do something that you've never done before, and you're like, <laughs> somebody offers you something to do, and you're like, mm, you know, I need, uh, man, I just might need seven days to pray about it. <laughs> it's because we're, that's why kids ministry matters so much. It's because they're not so set in their ways. So if God can get a hold of their heart right now when they're little, the first thing you got to understand is it starts at home. So we can't be relying on the church to teach our kids everything about God and everything about Jesus. you got to be doing it at home too. That's why point number one was it starts at home. Point number two is that it matters in the church, that kids' ministry matters. I believe this is just, and I'm, do I have permission to get all up in your business for about, 37 seconds. Is that all right? Some of y'all are like, no, but you're going to do it anyway. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I believe that it matters. Um, I really don't think there's a time in our lives when we have, and I'm going to say this, and hopefully this doesn't offend you. I don't think there's a time in our lives when we have paid our dues. <laughs> Some of y'all are like, if I could get up right now and leave this church, I would. I don't think there ever arrives a time in your life when you've paid your dues. I don't know why we use that term. I don't, I don't know why we say things like that. Because when I was thinking about this this last week, I thought, what if, what if Jesus decided that, 
Well, I've paid my dues. If you're just not going to figure it out, then you just go on. What if Jesus never, what if Jesus thought, you know, well, you know, my part's done and, and I'm, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to walk with you. I'm just going to, you know, I did what I had to do and now you can just do it on your own. I paid my dues. I don't think there ever, I don't think there's ever a time in our lives when we can say, you know what, I paid my dues. You know, I did that, it was great, but I paid my dues. I, now, I want you to hear my heart. I think that there are times, I think that there are times when we get burned out, but I don't think we've ever paid our dues. And I think sometimes we confuse getting burned out with my dues are paid, I did that for three years, and you know now somebody else can do it. I, I, I just don't think that God wants us to have that mindset. I don't think that's I don't think that's what God's looking for as he looks around the earth. He's like, you know, I just want to I just want to find some people that have paid their dues. I think God's looking for people that are willing and just say, "You know what, God, no matter what age I am, no matter what is going on in my life, no matter what you ask me to do, I'll just do it. No matter what you put on my heart to do, I'll just do it. You tell me to do it and I'll just do it. If you say to do that, I'll just do it." I think sometimes we, I think it's just a mind shift that we need a lot of times. Because I was thinking, like, what if, like, what if Jesus treated us the way that sometimes we treat things in our lives? That, well, I've done my part. Now it's up to them. Well, I came half the way in my marriage. Now they've got to come the other half away. This is a message for a whole other time, but marriage isn't 50-50. It's 100-100. It's me saying I'm going to go 100% of the way if you don't go any. Not I'm coming 50 and I'm just going to wait on you to, to get your stuff figured out so you can come other 50 and then we'll have a great marriage. No, it's me going 100 and you going 100. I thought this was interesting. In 2014, there was a fine dining establishment in Chicago that made headlines for tweeting about allowing kids to eat at a high-end restaurant, they decided that they were going to allow people to bring their kids to this expensive restaurant to eat. And, of course, they caught a lot of flack about it. My question would be, why? Who's, my question would be, who's in the wrong? The people that are complaining about that or the people that are saying, you know what, kids matter. But that's a whole other message for another time as well. Some of y'all are looking at me like, is he ever going to get off point number two? I'll get off of it in just a minute. As soon as you get it. <laughs> there were a lot of people that chimed in with comments that, you know, there should be, you know, kid-free zones where adults can dine in peace and, you know, different things like that. And I'm all, like, hear my heart. Like, we, we let the grandparents watch the kids so that we can go out. I mean, you need a break. You need a date night. You need, but I think sometimes in our culture we've gone so far that we've almost pushed kids to the back like they don't matter as much as an adult and we don't give as much consideration to them as we do an adult we don't give as much attention to them as we do our work we don't give as much attention to them as we do uh, our friends we don't give and and so that's where I'm coming from 
in this. And I understand that, that children can be demanding at times. <laughs> and God knows that they don't always follow cultural rules. Can I get an amen, somebody? You be in a restaurant and, and your kids are not going to have proper table etiquette <laughs> while you're sitting there. It's just not always going to happen. No matter how many times you spank them. No matter how many times you tell them, you know, some of y'all threatening them in the car before you get out to go into the restaurant. You're like, we're walking into Applebee's and you better listen to me right now. We're going in here to meet with this couple and their kids are going to be behaved and you better be behaved and we're not bringing anything in. And you're going to sit there and you're going to eat this and you're going to do this and you better not say a word. And then we get in there and then we get in there and, and, and like five minutes goes by and, they're, and you're asking, you're like, did you hear what I said? They're like, no. <laughs> I've already forgotten. <laughs> They're not always going to, you know, they're not always going to comply with what you think they ought to do. But my question would be, do, are, are we viewing children as a burden or a blessing? Is it a burden or a blessing? And here's what I believe Jesus is trying to open our hearts to today, is that children are a gift and we should be gracious when our lives are interrupted by them, especially within the context of church. Especially in a place where we're gathering together in the name of Jesus. Kids matter. Kids ministry matters. And before I move on to point three, I want to let you know that we are, and we do this periodically. So if, if, if you keep attending church here and you get involved here, you're going to hear it. This isn't going to be the first time. We're not going to say it every single week, but we're going to say it periodically. That today, before you leave, you're going to have the opportunity to, to sign up. To serve kids. Whether that's once a month. Whether that's twice a month. You're going to have the opportunity to serve kids. And to sign up to do that. The way that you can do that. Before you leave today. on your We were talking about connect cards earlier. And what you can do on the back of that connect card. There's a blank down at the bottom of it. And if you want to serve in kids. And you say you know what. I'm going to take this opportunity. And I'm going to, I'm going to give one Sunday a month. One service. One Sunday a month. And I'm going to pour into kids. Because kids matter. Then all I want you to do is you just write on the back of that card. Put your name and stuff on the front of it. On the back of it in that bottom. You'll just write uh, kids or kids ministry or iKids is what we call it. Whatever you want to write in there that will, that will show us uh, that you're interested in that. Now a couple of things that I want you to know. And then you can drop it in one of the giving boxes on your way out. So there's a giving box over here. There's a giving box over here on your way out. You just drop it in there and then somebody will collect those. And we'll be able to go through those and figure out who we're adding. Now... Uh, what I what I want you to know here's 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 what's needed, okay? I, I think there's really there's three things that are needed. We'll just say three things. Number one, love Jesus. <laughs> like like number one, just love Jesus. Uh, number two, you're gonna have to do a background check. I know it freaks people out sometimes, but we we value. Uh, the fact that everybody that's on that side that's serving in kids has a background. They have been background checked. And so it gives parents peace of mind. It gives kids peace of mind. You know that, hey, the people that are serving and teaching over there, they have had a background check run, and it came back clear, and everything's good. So you're going to have to do that. And here's the third thing, uh, and I won't say it's the most important, but it's just as important as the other two, is commitment. Commitment. Can I say that word in church? Commitment. Those kids need people that love Jesus and are committed. Love Jesus and are committed. Love Jesus and are committed. 
Statistics say if I tell you, I think seven times, you'll get it. That love Jesus <laughs> and are committed. I'll stop there. That's four, but I think you're getting the point. Love Jesus and be committed. Don't, don't, don't see that as a, as a second-rate opportunity that doesn't need to be given any thought. No, that's, you're, you're pouring into little lives and souls and minds and hearts. It matters. Jesus said it matters. They're trying to stop the getting, oh, 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 this is Jesus. And Jesus is like, uh-uh. You let all the kids come to me. They can just get all up in my lap. They can climb all over my shoulders. I'm going to pray for them. That's the way Jesus viewed kids. Shouldn't that be the way that we view kids? Because they matter. And here's point number three as we wrap it up today. So point number one, it starts at home. Point number two, kids' ministry matters. And point number three that we can learn from this, from this text that I really believe is helping me as God's been giving it to me and it's going to help you is you've got to grow younger. Oh, we've got to grow younger. And I know your body, you're like, how do you do that? My body hurts. Yeah, your body's going to hurt, but you can still grow younger. Grow younger. I want to read the verses again that we read just a few minutes ago. In Mark chapter 10, he says, People were bringing little children to Jesus. They wanted him to put his hands on them. The disciples told the people that they should not do that. But when Jesus saw this, he was angry. He said to them, Do not stop the children. Let them come to me. And here's, here's what I want you to get. This is Jesus. Jesus says, People must become like these children so that God can rule their lives. That is what the kingdom of God is like. What I say is true. A person must become like a little, what? Child for God to rule in his life. If he does not become like a child, he will not come into the kingdom of God. I want to bring the worship team back. What do you think Jesus meant when he told us that we must become like children? I think, I believe that one of the most important things Jesus is referring to is faith. How many of you know that kids believe anything's possible? <laughs> That's why when you go to the store, they think you have endless money. <laughs> because they believe anything is possible. <laughs> they believe anything is possible. My question to you today, as a 26-year-old, as a 33-year-old, as a 42-year-old, as a 51-year-old, do you believe that anything is possible? Do you really believe that with God, all things are possible? <laughs> because Jesus said, you need, to, you need to grow younger. You need to become more like a child because that's what the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom is filled with people that believe anything's possible. That anything's possible with God. And here's what I know about you and about me. As we get older, we have a tendency to stress. We have a tendency to worry. We have a tendency to be anxious about life. But here's what I know about kids. Kids just trust. When your kids get in the vehicle with you, they just trust that they're, they're going to get to wherever you're going. They don't ask you if you had the oil checked. 
They don't ask you if the tires were rotated before this trip. They just get in. Well, if dad says this is where we're going, then we're going to get there. How many of us in our lives would say and can say, well, if my dad says this is where we're going, then we'll get there. That's what it looks like to grow younger. It's to put all of my trust in Jesus. That's why, that's why God says, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's got its own worries. If you're, if you're burdened, if, you, if you're carrying heavy things around, Jesus says, come to me. Because what I want to give you, it's light. And I can take all that stuff off of you because you were never meant to carry. Come on, a lot of us, we're, we were never meant to carry the things that we're trying to carry. Jesus says, listen, this is what the kingdom of God is like. It's, it's, it's you as an adult becoming more like a child. To where you say, if, if my dad says this is what we're doing, that's what we're doing. And I'm not worried about it. I'm not anxious about it. I'm not stressed about it. Because this is what we're doing. I was thinking this last week, and will you go ahead and stand to your feet today? I was thinking about our kids, and one of our kids in particular, just, just in the last couple of weeks has said a couple of things that, that God brought back to my memory as I was preparing this message. And this idea of kids simply trusting, and, and our, our eight-year-old son, um, we have two girls and two boys, and our two in the middle are the boys. And our eight-year-old uh, was talking to his five-year-old brother. And he was, he was complaining about his head hurting or, or something like that. And this is, this is faith like a child. Now, how many of you know that, that kids don't always completely comprehend what they're saying? But, but I think sometimes we, we comprehend too much of what we're saying. <laughs> and we don't have enough faith. And he looks at him. And they, I think they were about to get in the bath or one of them was about to get in the bath or whatever and he was complaining about something and, and our, our eight-year-old looked at him and he said, you know what you should do? You should give, you should go put, because our kids have uh, three jars in their room. They have give, save, spend. And, <laughs> and he looked at me and he said, you should go put a penny in that give to Jesus jar because then he'll take care of you. <laughs> and I thought, I want to try not to cry right now while I'm telling this story. I thought, oh my gosh, like the, the theology in that may be a little off, but not much. He said, oh man, you should go, you should go put a penny in there because then God will take care of you. Then, then the other day, same, same son, just these two just happened here recently. Uh, he comes in there after he, I think after he took a nap and he comes running up in there, and he's like, Dad, 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 Dad. I prayed before I went to lay down, you know, because sometimes he has trouble going to sleep. And he said, I prayed, and I asked Jesus if he would help me to be able to go to sleep and take a nap. And he said, and I did. He did. He helped me. Like, I fell asleep, and I actually took a nap this time, you know. And he was so excited about it because God had answered his prayer. And some of us don't even pray. 
And I think sometimes it's because we don't believe that really with God, all things are possible. And I was thinking about my eight-year-old and I was like, he believes that if he, if he, if he goes and puts a penny in that gift, that God's going to take care of him. That if he, if he can't, if he's having trouble going to sleep, that he can pray and God will help him go to sleep. And some of us were thinking, well, those are just childish things. You don't know what I deal with. Yeah, I, I don't know what you deal with, and you don't know what I deal with. But, but all of us, I think, can agree that I think there's more faith in that than in us a lot of times. And God says, Jesus says, you've got to become more like a child. You've got to become more like a child. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes today? think that many of us need to channel our inner child again and learn to trust and believe that with God all things are possible all things are possible so God right now I thank you I want to invite our prayer team to come down God we thank you for your word we thank you for what you have spoken to us today God, I pray right now that this is being received, that our hearts are receiving this, that our minds are receiving this, God. Lord, I believe today that you're doing something that only you can do. And Lord, I pray as we sing this last song, if there's those of us that, that don't need prayer right now in our lives, that we, would, that we would worship you, we would lift our hands, we would lift our voices. But if there's anybody here who needs prayer for anything, whether it's what we talked about or anything else going on in their life, if anybody needs prayer, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would draw them for prayer today in Jesus' name. Amen.